You're listening to Ink Studs on the Road. This is the first Road Ink Studs without Brandon Graham. Sorry, Brandon's not here. We miss you, Brandon. We do. Um, as you can tell by the brief accent there from my guest, I'm in the UK. This is the first UK interview after doing uh, two live studs in at Thought Bubble in Leeds, and now I'm in the uh, luxurious Airbnb in London, and Joe DC has come up from Brighton. You're from? That's where I'm from. Perfect. Um, come all the way up to Brighton to uh, to see me. Oh, and Deltron. Yeah, that's not They're exactly there. true. <laughs> I had ulterior motives, but we combined the two things. You excited to see them tonight? Uh, wow, well, I've never seen Del before, and I was a big fan, but I don't, yeah, I don't know what to expect. Uh, it'll probably be a lot of middle-aged men standing around. Nodding their head? Yeah. I saw um, Hansi Boy Bottling School in Vancouver, I guess 10 years ago, which is like half the same band. Yeah. Like, because it's got Kid Koala and Dan the Automator, and uh, it was an enjoyable show. Dan the Automator, all he did was like walk around the audience and hand out hors d'oeuvres while wearing like a silk, um, like, you know, like what you th- you have to wear is like yeah the, pajamas the smoking robe. jackets yeah, yeah smoking jackets yeah and uh, Kid Koala wore like a onesie pajamas while DJing it was amazing that sounds good there, no there's quite a lot of um, like revival of the nineties hip hop a lot of the bands are getting back together and doing tours so people who I never got to see first time around or never made it out to the UK I'm getting to see now. Any particular shows that really jumped out to you? Uh, yeah, The Far Side was just brilliant. They did the whole of the Bizarre Ride, uh, every track, and it was excellent. Um, but then uh, the following week, I'd seen the Ultramagnetic MCs, and it was atrocious. It was, <laughs> it was karaoke. They were just, they were basically miming to a vocal track. Was with, that that really skinny guy? Was uh, that them? Uh, well, they were Bronx-based, really old-school um, hip-hop, and um, Cool Keith was in the crew. Oh, okay, I'm thinking of something different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he didn't come on for the first track. It's like he's above the rest of the band now, so he had to be introduced later, and I just felt awful for the rest of the crew, having to kind of be in the shadow of him. Yeah, because you know, it, cause he, did, he did his Doctor Octagon stuff, which I love. You know, I loved it, but it just left a bad taste. Yeah. Anyway, comics. Comics. Uh, thank you, Joe, for coming here. Some of Joe's works include uh, the most recent thing is a listening agent from the fine folks at Self Me or no. Blank Slate. Yeah, Blank Slate. I keep getting them all mixed up. Well, we'll all these English. great UK publishers. Uh, Blank Slate, uh, who also published the uh, Accidental Salad, which came out what five years ago? I don't know. It's a few years back now. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's sold out. I think that's done, and we're not going to reprint because it's too old for me now. I cringe at things that are more than a year old, or maybe more than six weeks old. Is when I start to go. Oh, I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> Let alone try to sell it to people. <laughs> Please buy this. Yeah. So I don't have to look at it. Um, and your recent uh, 24-hour comic and hourly comic, uh, I Blame Grandma, and there's a banana on the radiator. Yes. I um, don't know why. I Blame Grandma I did at the Lakes International Comic Art Festival, which was last month. And that was like a full... There's a whole bunch of other folks yeah. making mini comics. Yeah. Da- right? Dan Berry organised it and... There was yeah a big gang of us all locked away in a in a lovely hotel conference room with um, outside caterers providing really nice food, um, students to help us scan our work, and um, a masseuse there to give us massages. Really? Which I've never had a massage before, and it made me feel very tense. <laughs> Firstly, a, a stranger um, rubbing me. And pan pipes. I just can't stand pan pipes. And it was pan pipe melodies playing in the background. So. During the massage? Yeah, yeah. Not in the comics room? No, no. Okay. No, the comics room was just farts. <laughs> no, it was lovely. It was, it was a really cool experience. Because like, for the first probably um, hour or two, we were all watching the clock. You know, you've got to get a page done in an hour. And so it was eyes down. Um, 
quietly working, but after a few hours we settled into our stride and started chatting and joking and we all pretty much knew each other anyway, the, the gang, so we had a laugh. Um, but then I think around, well I, did, I had the crazy idea that I would um, uh, include people in it, so I tweeted, look, if you want to be in my comic in the background, tweet me. I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, tweet me a picture of your head. Then my internet connection went down until about 3am it came back and there were just hundreds and hundreds of pictures and I didn't want to let the public down so I started trying to draw them and include them in the comic and uh, it was a big mistake. 3am my drawing skills aren't up to much and uh, <laughs> I was nearly crying but I, I did as much as I could and I even about, yeah, about then I thought I'd try and go to for a sleep for a bit but that didn't work. I just worried. Needed to get it done. Yeah. yeah. You need to get some of this fancy coke life. Yeah. Um, today's today's uh, <laughs> program is brought to you by Coca-Cola Life, the uh, new Coca-Cola drink available in the UK, which I think we both agree doesn't taste very nice. No, no. You can taste the natural sweetener. Yeah. I prefer standard Coca-Cola or yeah. beer. You know what? I should... Do that. I should have beer in the fridge here. You should. I, I was feel. expecting uh, a hamper with fruits and beer. Well, no, beer, beer's good to have. I just, I'm not drinking right now, so I didn't think to to do that, but I guess it helps people talk, too. No, I'm you fine. You could say things you would regret later. The, and the, the, natural sweet, the, natural sweet, the natural sweetener will do me fine. Okay. I'm high on life. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, well... Thank you again for, for coming all the way yeah, here. Oh, I've got a question. Do we pretend that we've just listened to a song? Is there if, a you, song if you know your song, uh, we can go, hey, so what was that? Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. That was um, by the band The A-Lines out of uh, Rochester, England, uh, with their hit song, Four. Hopefully you'll be able to find that. And what was the particular choice in choosing that track? Uh, well, you just put me on the spot, so I had to think of something. And that oh, came okay. Into my head. <laughs> <laughs> because it started with the letter A. It was like the first. Yeah, yeah. You, you got the like first, this Rolodex in your head. Actually, it probably is the first one in my iTunes. So there you go. <laughs> I have my iTunes in my mind. Because it's A dash lines? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. There we go. I think ABBA comes up first in mind, so... I don't have any ABBA. Jeez, anyway, we'll get talking about music again. Let's go back to comics. Yeah, let's go back to comics. Um, so, I realised, like, we've been planning on talking for a while, and I've been really flaky, and I apologise. That's all right. For, it's, it's difficult to do the... Well, the it's UK difficult day. to get our um, times in sync, yeah. you know. We're, we're too far apart. Eight hours is a big difference not yeah. so bad from east coast to here but that said i i am quite you know i i am nocturnal sometimes i don't i don't sleep very much so i am on twitter when the north americans are on twitter too the good twitter hours yeah well people complain oh this is downtime uk time no, it's all good we're all one happy family i i noticed it's just a generally everyone's on at all times yeah it's uh it's what I do to keep myself entertained when I'm kind of brain dead. It, um, I find it difficult, actually, because it is a real distraction to me. Constant Twitter feed of people saying, oh, look at this, look at this. Let's talk about the price of milk. Uh, you know, here's a lovely comic. And yeah, it doesn't take much for me to get distracted. I think I need to invest in one of these internet to turn off things for when I'm working. Just unplug the computer. Yeah, no, that's... That's a step too far. <laughs> That's monstrous. Um, so tell me a little bit about, I guess, um, your... I'm, I'm really interested in kind of your your influences, especially, because um, I feel like there's other stuff coming in, not comics. So my non as, as a As a young man, um, things that you were kind of exposed to and getting okay. ideas from. All right, well... Uh, before I was doing comics, I was very interested in uh, an art movement called um, Fluxus, or I think it's pronounced Fluxus, uh, in North America. Mm -hmm. And they worked on uh, 
the idea that the art object shouldn't be this thing that's up on a pedestal. It should be multiple editions and, excuse me, this Coke's making me burp, uh, and available to all. And I, I loved that and was fascinated with this, their stuff. And it, a lot of it was uh, uh, based on type and uh, humour, just really good fun and kind of throwaway. So as a student, I was kind of getting into zines and that sort of thing and multiples so that and I think that kind of probably fed into my my comics. Another kind of influence outside of comics would be maybe the films of Mike Lee. Are you aware of his work? Yeah, really really cheerful really, stuff. Really like just positive messaging. <laughs> they're just very normal and I, I love that um, he can see beauty in just the normal like um, and he's also very he's very good at researching um, so that things are local yeah so things will be very specific to that area and I love that attention to detail the stories aren't big and exciting but they're I find them it's been a while since I watched a Mike Lee movie me too actually. like 10 years yeah. um, but there's like an emotional rawness to them and that's why I was being sarcastic there because yeah. they can be like little punches to the gut yeah and my, and my work isn't that because you know the, the I live a happy life but I, I really admire his um, everydayness to his storytelling yeah. uh, don't know what else kind of the, I guess there's that kind of mundanity yeah I don't know whether mundane's a good word or a bad word my work's often described as mundane and maybe that's a good thing it's um I mean it in a positive sense. It's not boring. I don't it's not boring, but it's not... Um, like, it's like regular life has this equalizer yeah. to it, if that makes sense. Maybe. Like, it's it's easily entered. Uh-huh. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so, when you went to art school... You went to art school. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, was it drawing... That you wanted to do going there? Or? Um, no, well, I, was, I, I did a painting degree, but when I started, I decided that I, I didn't want to paint anymore. Um, and I was doing a lot of um, conceptual-based stuff, often based on the, the Fluxus movement, and the, I liked uh, the Dadaists as well. And I was doing mail art, which doesn't exist anymore, I don't think, which was where you would uh, work on collaborative projects and zines and things, lots of collage... Um, and send it through the post. So I was communicating with people in the States and Japan and uh, South America, all, all over the place. And that was um, that was probably what got me into comics because through that I entered into the, like the world of zines and exchanging zines. And from zines, I started to see little comics appearing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think I got my first taste for comics and they were generally like the autobiographical kind that was popular in the 80s and 90s. John Paul Solino was probably one of the first people I was aware of. He seems like it's there, there's a big influence of yeah. his work on you. Not in an obvious sense, but more in kind of that contemplative sense. Yeah, and I, I don't think that would have been... like That wasn't something... Uh, I can't think of the word didn't um register yeah it wasn't something i considered but i guess well i love his stuff and um in more recent years i, I always think about the beat of a story and the rhythm and generally because my comics are one page i want that page to flow really well mm -hmm. and he his stuff does that very successfully but his is sort of really pared down to to the minimum kind of going for like a zen quality whereas I'm going for cram as much in clutters so, up part of your life yeah yeah so I definitely would say he is an influence yes so what kind of work were you doing um, when you first started doing comics um, my first bits and pieces were um, I went straight into do. I, I was looking at James Kachalka's daily diaries mm -hmm. and I thought I could do this um, but I think day two of doing that sort of comic, I started dropping lies into the work because I wasn't content with just 
because I don't know, I don't know about you, but a lot of autobiographical comic, a lot of autobiographical comics, I find quite tedious. Yeah, you've got to be able, you've either got to be able to find the sweet moments, the little, the little grouting between the bricks in life, and talk about them, or be able to tell a good yarn and just uh, twist the tail. And I try to do both, but yeah. just talking about. A day at the office is not much fun. No, no, you could see that in your, um, in your twenty-four hour comic and the in the daily, or the hourly comic where. You're yeah, our hourlies, hourlies I like because it's a real challenge to um, muscle through, but also yeah, pick out the sweet moments, the sweet spots. Like you know, uh, yeah, I can't think of any, but I always seem to manage to pull it off on the day and actually get through it with a half-decent comic, whereas a lot of them, they're just crap. It's just people drawing a comic about, oh, I can't think of what to draw. But the trick is, I suppose, just to uh, live your day, but make some notes, and if it all goes wrong, make it all up. One of the things I really appreciated in this comic um, is you talked about your day job, and you spe- specifically say, I'm not going to talk about this, because I don't have permission. Yeah, well, I work with um, adults with learning disabilities, and there would be a million opportunities for good stories, but, you know, these these guys don't have the capacity to consent to that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you know, know that I publish my comics, and we, do, we work on comics together, but um, I don't think they fully understand uh, the implications of publishing their stuff, and so I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, no, too I, complex for me. Well, and I, and I really respect that because I do have a really challenge, uh, get challenged by folks that will do comics about like, say, I got this job where I deal with weirdos and I'm going to write about it because it's you're placing a dependency on being able to tell someone else's story. Yeah, um, and it can be quite exploitive. Yeah, I, I no, I'm I'm very uncomfortable with that, and I I could possibly do a story about autistic spectrum conditions because I you know it's something I know quite a lot about but I feel that would be putting too much pressure on my shoulders that everyone would be listening to my opinion and I I'm I'm no expert I've worked in the field for 10 years but I wouldn't want what I say to be taken as fact yeah so no I'm leaving well alone with that for now for now one thing I'm curious about with that is um when you're working with folks um, like that, that have a different way of seeing the world. How does that come into your work? Yeah, and this is this is a thing. I, I'm not sure if it's true, but somebody once said to me that you, um, I wouldn't be able to be on a jury because I work with people with learning disabilities day in day, day out. My um, opinion of what's normal and acceptable might be slightly skewed. I don't know whether that's true or not, <laughs> but. That but. is monstrous. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, we'll get someone that works in an office full of stockbrokers that manipulate <laughs> the financial markets and uh, put people into poverty. Let's have them on a jury. They're fine. But sorry, you you work with folks that need care and attention. Well, it's not it's not necessarily that they need care and attention. It's that the um, the way we communicate might be completely yeah. different to how you communicate and, and what maybe what I see as normal isn't what. Um, most people see it as normal, but yeah. who cares? I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm not one for normality. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe let's uh, rewind a bit and kind of talk about. Um, so you started out doing web comics when you were doing that, or were you doing mini comics um, at the time? I I went straight to the web and was. Um, uh, occasionally putting them into like a little uh, mini comic which I would mainly uh, exchange at like UK shows the first ones I was doing was one called The Thing which was um, with hindsight was actually really good but we complained about it a lot at the time because there was a, a tuck shop a, a stall by the front door selling uh, sweets and drinks and crisps and stuff and we had to take turns manning the tuck shop. Um, and, <laughs> and everyone moaned about that. But, you know, apart from that, it was a really good show um, in London, which, which um, we don't have many of these days. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd do that. And I'd also go to a lot of the um, 
alternative press type shows, um, uh, like anarchisty type ones and anarchist vegans. They were all good fun, and there wasn't so many comics there, so um, I think my work stood out. Because this is the thing about a lot of the shows now that we've just got back from Thought Bubble, and there's so much stuff, there's so much competition. Mm -hmm. I feel that we're um, spreading ourselves a bit thin. It's the same in North America. It's uh, it's a concern for me sometimes. I see with these shows like SPX, which is pretty big now. And TCAF, it's it's this balance of like having all these great regional shows with all these folks coming in. So it's like, are there enough folks to support the growing market? I I wonder if it's um, if the actual buying public at these shows is just us, but it's just the comic artists going from table to table buying each other's stuff. Where we're we're a little self sufficient cooperative group all buying each other's comics but I don't know I just I just worry that um, maybe it's time for the old school to move out of the way and let the let the new kids have a turn so are you the old school? <laughs> well not really I'm old I'm not old school <laughs> but there's definitely a new generation I think in the UK we've seen it a lot in the last few years loads and loads of new young talent uh, moving in a different direction to what I'm used to as well like a lot of um kind of art comics alternative riso based stuff and I, f- I, re- I love it and I think it's really exciting but it's not what my work is um, and if that's what the market demands the public gets what the public wants I don't know if as much as the market demands uh, because I think there's there's something there um, about art movements so we like see folks creating like going in different directions as, yeah, yeah. As, so right now there, there's definitely like a lot of Riso stuff I was actually surprised by the amount of Riso stuff at Thought Bubble um, I mean there's Piao and there's Breakdown but there's also some other smaller folks too doing like weird little yeah, Riso yeah. things you should come to LCAF East London Comics Arts Festival mm-hmm. you can't move for Riso Riso prints <laughs> yeah no, no it's, it's all good and I think that there's um there's room for everything. Like my sales are, are healthy, doing doing what I do. But I just wonder that maybe I had a better go of it a few years ago, whereas kids now there's so much competition. Do they stand a chance of being able to shine? Yeah. Who knows? It's tough. Like I, I you know, was looking around buying some stuff, and trying to figure out what to get. And there's a lot of new kids, and you can't buy all of them. Well, generally, I buy nothing. I. I get, I get like snow blindness because there's so much stuff there I can't choose so I don't buy anything and then maybe when I get home I'll uh, buy things off their web stores that sort of stuff but see on the one hand um, I'm saying that we're all spreading it a bit thin and did the kids stand a chance but on the other hand they're winning on the tumbler you know yeah. they've, they've got the internet down um, so yeah and Good luck to them. <laughs> and that's that's kind of another thing too. Is just that that's definitely an expansion of audiences beyond these little regional shows where yeah, yeah. folks like yourself are buying online. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a way to check things and out. I've, and like a lot of my audience has always been North American based. Yeah, know, so. well, you've done a fair amount of North American shows at this time. By yeah. This time. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, SPX and TCAF and TCAF I've been to quite a few times. Yeah. I, I enjoy both shows immensely, TCAF especially, I, I think it's the bee's knees. How many times have you gone? Maybe three or four, yeah, something like that. And I, I, the, I, I've talked about it a lot, but the thing that I really love is that people there are there to buy comics and they're yeah. very excited by them. They don't need any explaining, they just come to the table and they buy the stuff Whereas um, what I find some, at some of the UK shows, Thought Bubble, is I can be standing there and people will have a look at my stuff and not want it. And, and that's perfectly acceptable, that's fine, but it does break my heart a little bit because I've spent, you know, months and months hunched over a tiny little desk drawing these things, then to have someone 
so decide whether they like it or not like it. I know that this takes place and it, you know, it's qu quite normal for someone to make a judgment and decide they don't want it and like, my work's not going to appeal to everyone. Yeah. But sometimes I wish that that didn't happen in front of me. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and I that's, don't know whether that's just me, whether I'm just being, uh, you know, grumpy. It's, it's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody on both sides of the table. Yeah, yeah, because that's why I, another reason why I don't like um, buying stuff is because you've got these puppy dog eyes looking up at you like, please, please buy my stuff, please like my stuff, validate mm -hmm. me. But you know, we're not, we can't like everything. No, and sometimes I have to make like really snap judgments of like, okay, I'm not even going to look at that table, like you can tell yeah, pretty yeah. quick by the stuff on there, I'm not going to be into it, so I don't even have to engage the eyes. All I want is, all I want is, I, you know, I know that um, not everyone can like everybody's work, but I just want everybody to like my work, then I'll be happy. If they, if they give it a go and they like it, then that's great. That's all, it's a simple, simple thing. Now, what do you get out of the work for yourself um, with your quiet meditation? And what do I get out of it? Just the kind of for yourself as an artist. Oh, God knows why I do it. Um, I enjoy storytelling and mm -hmm. I enjoy chat. You know, I'm, I, I think I'd be just as happy to um, be in the pub or in a cafe um, chatting to a group of friends. It's when I've got everyone's attention, that's what I like. So I like to tell a story in front of people. And this is a, a lovely way to do it. I also like drawing, you know? Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy putting the detail in. Because a lot, of, a lot of the time my pages are, you know, I spend a long time on them, eight hours or something ridiculous. And I know I could get it done quicker, but I enjoy the process, so all the while I'm enjoying it and making something that I think looks good, I'm going to stick to that way. One of the neat things about your comics is um, the family dynamic and kind of watching your boy grow yeah. through the comics. I'm worried though that soon he's not going to be saying the funny things and doing cute things anymore and uh, I don't know what, we'll have a fallout then or something. <laughs> but it's a, it, a lot of it is lies as well, you know, like in my comics, my wife complains that she's always got her hands on her hips being the, the straight man in the comics, shaking her head whilst I do the silly, zany things. Whereas in reality, it's not always like that. Sometimes it's her doing the daft things, but for the purposes of my comics, I switch it around and make me the crazy one. But it is nice to, to have this uh, kind of fake history of our lives. Because it, it's all fiction, even the stuff that's that's real. Yeah. The second that's that story is being told again, it's become fiction, and then if it's if it's being drawn, it's you know, warping it all the while. It's like a game of telephone. I don't know what telephone is. It's a little, like a thing where you sit a bunch of people in a circle and someone whispers something into someone's ear. Ah, uh, Chinese whispers. Yeah, we probably wouldn't call it that now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> telephone, <laughs> telephone whispers. Yeah, sorry, people of China. <laughs> That's okay. Um, is that kind of one of the fun challenges for you in your work? Is just seeing where. Uh, yeah, I. I because it's, I mean, it's also like you're not depending so much on on the autobionist as much as like... No, I'm, I'm always happy for a story to twist and turn. I, you know, I don't control that. I, I'm happy for it to go off on a tangent that happy accidents happen like that. And I, I you know, I enjoy that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy with the, the flow, the way things go. And there's no pressure. Although maybe there is pressure for me to finish every story in a punchline and that's something I'd like to get away from. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to go dut to dut to dut to dut ba boom Yeah. Sometimes it could just fade out with nothing happening. That's something I'm working on anyway. Is that kind of... Uh, I'm trying to think of what I want to say with that. Um. <laughs> this is just some incidental music. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, is it like finding that com that that direction you want to take your work in? Because like, kind of not keeping yourself complacent and comfortable. Yeah. Well, this is thing. this, which brings me around nicely to my new project, 
um, the um, Lakes Comic Festival contacted me a while back and said they'd like to um, uh, give me some money to allow me to uh, work on a new project, um, in effect sponsoring me, uh, and uh, that gave me the opportunity to spend some time dedicated to just trying trying new things. And what's what is what has resulted in is that I'm going to work on a, a long form story, not not hugely long, maybe 60 pages, but a lot longer than I've worked on before. Um, and it's freed me up to experiment with pace and flow and that sort of thing, which is something I would never give myself the time to do that before because if I'm working on a page, you know, it's got to be right and it's got to be right first time and then it's done. And, you know, whereas uh, maybe an art student has room to relax and experiment, I've never really given myself that opportunity. So I've sort of forced myself here by saying, yes, I will take your money and use it to try and do something new and you know maybe it won't work maybe the project will fail but at least I'll have tried yeah it won't fail it will be a good story but you know you can't always get it right first time <laughs> so yeah yeah any kind of content stuff or what, what the story is I yeah I, I, I know what it's about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called collecting sticks and it's 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 more of the same. It's a story about me and my family, and my son, on a uh, vacation, a trip to the woods. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's thumbnailed and uh, probably good to go. But like I said, I'm I'm going to experiment with this, so I'm happy to rip it all up and start again. Should should I need to? Yeah. Do you do you find that? Do you have many false starts? Uh, well, I don't allow myself to have them. It, you know, if it's going wrong, I just struggle through and get it done and put out a shitty comic. How often do you post? Uh, it used to be, I used to be so regular, you know, at least once a week. But um, since I've been working on this, it's, it's very rarely. I just, I just put little th snippets on Tumblr and do little quick comics to get stuff out there. But I've now got reams and reams of notebooks and you know little moleskin books full of stories that I just haven't had time to draw up because I'm trying to work on this bigger thing not that I put any more importance on a large work over yeah. a single page strip but I think it's some you know everybody else is doing it I should give it a try when you uh, do your books like the uh, accidental salad and the listening agents um, are they specially picked stories from what you've done yeah. to kind of like trim down yeah and also I you know I don't put everything when when you buy one of my books you get more than you get on the internet I put okay. I make sure there's some extra stuff but yeah I am bad at the internet I love the validation of um, likes and faves and retweets and all that stuff so I am always putting my stuff on the internet just because it gives yeah this sense of well-being which is which is worthless really uh, that's what I've had to learn not to do whilst working on this new new thing is resist the urge Just to think of something, do it and put it up there and get that, you know, thumbs up. So now, I'm, you know, they all stay in my notebook till I'm ready to share. <laughs> <laughs> Stays in a box. Um, yeah, because I was reading one of your strips where you were mentioning just about how uh, Twitter just kind of takes over... And you said that earlier about the unending stream of yeah, yeah. No, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. The, um, I'm so easily distracted. Um, I need to lock myself away in this shed down the end of the garden, <laughs> but my garden's too small for that. Now, did you grow up in Brighton? Or? No, I'm I'm from all over the place. I grew up in um, Kent, and then I spent my I went to university in Leeds which is where Thought Bubble was, and I stayed there for 10 years. Um, but this was all pre-comics, and then moved to Brighton. That's when I got into comics. And actually, we got quite a nice little community of um, comic artists. We have a monthly meet-up above a pub. David Lloyd pays for the sandwiches. Um, 
and it's a nice eclectic bunch. And so is he completely different? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we uh, sit around and argue about what's important. <laughs> yeah. Well, who else is Oh, there? I can't think of anyone okay. else's names. Just me and David. <laughs> <laughs> Eating sandwiches off the sales to Anonymous of uh, V for Vendetta masks from Warner Brothers. <laughs> Um, I can think of names, but ah, okay. Uh, Hannah Berry, Hannah Eaton, uh, Daniel Locke. Um, ah, no, it's too awkward. It's okay. It's okay. We've it, got it, a lovely community. What do you get out of um, that community for yourself creatively? Um, see, this is the thing that me and Daniel Locke were talking about recently. Is that what we should be doing is having crits. Yeah. Where we like a studio crit where we'll go to each other's place and look at look at our work in progress and uh, discuss it because actually what we do is we just uh, get drunk and, uh, down the pub and don't really talk about comics that much so what we sh what we need to do is take advantage of the fact that there's so many of us and we all get on well enough that we could be critical of each other's work so uh, maybe we'll get around to that one day do you have anyone that you've done that with like with yourself like bounced work off other not really um generally i show my wife and she'll make comments and i'll ignore her um, <laughs> she's very rude because she you know she's an artist and uh, she's a designer and, you know she knows her stuff but um no that's something i'm looking to do with um my new project collecting sticks is to work with um another artist and get their input and i've yeah, I'm in the process of doing that. I've approached someone and they've said yes, but we'll we'll see. Still working to that point that yeah. it's ready to be shared yeah. and Yeah. That's exciting. I'm curious to see what you'll do. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to play with it, you know. I want to have fun because this is the thing that I I really like about Brandon's work. Where he where he here we could discuss this. Yeah. Is that he, you know, really has fun with the comics page and pushing the boundaries and the fourth wall or whatever you call it yeah and I, I like that that's something I want to want to do more yeah no pages are very specific to like just it's not it doesn't get read traditionally and that's that's very exciting yeah stuff. there's a there's a there's a lot that we can do and you do that yourself, like, you'll do some stuff, like, you won't always do, like, the exact same pattern, like, say, oh, James no, no, Kuchelka, no. like, you'll play around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I, as far as, like, quiet moments. That's something really interesting in your work, is the quiet moments. Yeah, and, and that's what I want to expand upon, is the, the, the pace and the flow. Um, and that, I can only really learn to do that if I give myself a lot of time and a longer form work, where it can be the, yeah nothing happening for 60 pages it'll be great you'll love it <laughs> there'll be some sticks <laughs> there will be there, there might there be a campfire uh, i don't want to i don't want to spoil okay. it okay <laughs> there might be a campfire so are you hoping to have that done for for lakes next year um yes i i imagine so but again i'm not rushing you know we'll, we'll see i have things planned for the lakes I, i'd like to do some other stuff there as well um yeah lots of things and will you be doing any more shows in North America? Um, I hope to get out to Toronto. Um, SPX is a um, a lottery now, isn't it? I don't like the yeah. idea of that, really. What if I don't win? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm I'm always happy to get come out, and generally, I make enough money that um, I do well there. So so it's really good if if I can. Yes. Um, tell me about like. Um, we, we didn't really talk too much about the curation project of your specific books, especially with Axel, Salad, and Listen Agents. It's like, um, what you want to get out of each of those books as you put that together. Because they're not like, here's a selection, here's the new stuff, but as much as like... I don't know, there's, there's probably... It's not something I necessarily consider, but there is always a, a tone or a feel or... or I suppose the accidental salad, the key focus that kind of runs through it is my my son 
and you know his his early years and I think probably the second book this is being really like psychoanalytical and I don't you know it was not nothing I intended but it's probably me dealing with being a grown-up or not dealing with being a grown-up and denying that but as far as editorial input is concerned there, there wasn't much Woodrow Phoenix worked with me a bit on Listening Agent but that was more to make it a nice looking book he didn't really take any have any input in the the flow of the stories mm -hmm. yeah I, I I don't consider much I'd usually just jump straight in how many web comics do you think you've done I don't know I used to I used to be a lot more prolific yeah. uh, well maybe it's just that I, I was a bit more slapdash and would get them out there whereas now I spend a lot longer working on each page so it used to be like you'll have just like three panels. Yeah, yeah, and just get it out there. And I was doing them two or three times a week. And you know, I had quite a big web comics following, but the second you miss a post, those people are fickle and they'll leave, <laughs> they'll leave you. But I'm happier this way because it used to worry me that, oh God, I haven't done my comic this week, got to get something done. Whereas now I can do the comics, but at my own pace and screw you guys on the internet. What, around what year was that that you started doing? Uh, 2008, I think, is when I first started drawing comics. Oh, okay. So that was quite a while between, like, when you'd finished at university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shall, I, shall I tell you the history, the Joe DC history of comics? Why not? Well, I was introduced to comics. In the UK, we, we generally read the Beano and the Dandy, which are, like, weekly comics. And I read those, but also my stepdad um, was a cartoonist on Viz. Are you oh, aware okay. of Viz? Yeah. Kind of adult. Underground. Yeah, underground. Sometimes a little filthy. Very rude um, comic. And he used to do a lot of one-shots for that. And silly crap jokes, they're called. Um, and so I was aware of that, and they were always around the house, and I was allowed to see them. And I think, uh, you know, I didn't see... I saw it as normal. For, for a dad to draw comics that just seemed like yeah yeah that's what dads do and so you know I used to play around with um, when I was a skater when I was about 12 or 13 I used to do little zines then and he always had like the electroset zipper tone stuff around the house so I'd play with that but I didn't really take it seriously then uh, I got into comics a second time around when I was at art college and I was it was through the zines and I saw one called Not My Small Diary which was put out by Delane Derry Green mm -hmm. which was an anthology of um, diary comics and um, to get a free issue you just send send your comic in so I did I did one because I was too tight to spend the whatever five dollars to buy a copy and uh, it was awful comic I drew was awful but that was my uh, kind of second experience of comics and then I came back to that years later when I thought oh yeah that's quite fun and that's it that's it was Viz and not my small diary also like I suppose my brothers had deadline and stuff lying around the house mm -hmm. I had older older stepbrothers you're the youngest uh, I was the youngest <laughs> You sound unhappy about that. I was the youngest till another one came along like ten years later. But yeah, <laughs> it was a good run while it lasted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, yeah, I didn't really experience much of the mainstream Marvel, DC. I went for a short comic buying period, but um, I found the guys in the comic shop. They stank. <laughs> And I knew that the longer I stayed in there, the longer I'd be a virgin. And as a, as a teenager, I was desperate not to be a virgin, so I stopped buying comics. I think it was maybe a month or two of buying Sandman. And then <laughs> I never looked back. I think that's okay. That's all right. Um, one of the people I was thinking about with your work is uh, the Vancouver guy, uh, Jason Turner. Yeah. And it seems like you guys kind of share some... We, yeah, and also we're friends yeah. because there used to be um, a, a kind of a board, a message board, I suppose it was, the Crown Commission. That's um, where Ingstuds was first posted. There you go, then. Um, yeah. And quite a group of us used to 
chat on there on a daily basis. I think Twitter and things put an end to that, but it was lovely. We'd all go on and just talk about what we were having for dinner, but also throw comic ideas around. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, we, it's true, we do share a, a common ground. I don't see much work by him anymore, which is a shame. Yeah, no, he's got lots. I picked up like four or five videos from him last time I saw him in May. It must just be me. I don't think he travels as much to conventions anymore. So the next thing we have to look forward to is your thing coming out in Lakes and the listing agent, which came out a while ago, and it's um, it's on sale. I noticed in Gosh, it's half price. So people of London, get down there, get it cheap. Will copies last? <laughs> yeah, and I'm hoping to get some back because it's not got any North American distribution. Yeah, um, that I realized that. Like I hadn't actually seen it. Um, I'm. I'm hoping to get some out to John Porcelino and Spit and a Half in the near future. It just cost me a fortune to um, ship them over, but I'll do that soon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me, oh, John. Thanks. It was a pleasure, and thanks for this horrible Coca-Cola drink. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. We, we had to try it once, right? Yeah. Do I get to choose another song to uh, play us out? Yeah. Oh, I haven't got one. Maybe, maybe we could have something from Dale the Funky Homo Sapiens, seeing as I'm going to see him in a bit. There we go. Okay. Bye bye, everybody. Alright. Oh! I know I'm drunk now. Ladies and gentlemen, I, for, I forgot my favorite man sitting over there. His name is Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Doublelina, Mr. Bob Doublelina. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, won't you quit? You really make me sick with your fraudulent behavior. You're gonna make me flip and then an army couldn't save you. Why don't you behave, you little rug rat? Take a little tip from the tabloid. Because I know I'm not paranoid when I say I saw you trying to mock me. Now you and your crew are on a mission trying to hawk me. But it isn't happening, you fraudulent foes. You used to front big time, now I suppose that everything's cool since the style of apparel you adopted. You used to make fun of, but now you wanna rock it. So you gotta kick it with the homies. But DEL is already hip to your cronies. Me and CMP thought about this and never have we seen a brother who would have a life. Mr. 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 Dabalina. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Mr. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. Dress is not the key, Dabalina. It's all in the mind and the heart, so you should start by remembering you gotta pay a fee, Dabalina.